0: the fact is we are all suffering from information overload and we all have expertise in something everyone's an expert at something and if you can take your expertise and the things that you're passionate about and help others to uncover the best of what's already out there you know you could easily argue that that may be way more valuable than just creating more content to add to the noise unlock possibilities by changing your mindset You will expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. You're moving into a land of both blind spots and learning, of things and ideas. You just crossed over into the mindset zone. Join your guide, Anna Malikia, founder of Solo Biz Academy, the director of education for Book Yourself Solid and a PhD in psychology.
1: The show you are about to listen is backed by popular demand from the Mindset Zone Archive Vault. To get all new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app and visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find the episode archive, show notes, and other amazing resources, including... How to four times your success, so you can work smarter, not harder, and learn how to leverage your talents to make a bigger impact while enjoying the process. All at Mindset Thought Zone. And I'm here. And in this episode, I have the pleasure to interview Ruit Bargava, the author of five best-selling business books, including *Likeonomics*, and his most recent one called *Non Obvious: How to Think Different, Create Ideas, and Predict the Future*. <laughs> And honestly, when I saw this book, he had me on how to think different, because to have this skill is a wonderful way to give our mindsets a workout and to open the doors to new possibilities. And is in this book that our interview is going to focus speaking about books remember that because you are a listener of this podcast you can get a free audiobook download and 30 days free trial of audible.com just go to mindset.zone so instead of .com is .zone so mindset.zone/audiobooks and you will get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. If you love podcasts, you are going to love audible.com. Okay, let's go to the interview now. Hi, and I have the pleasure of having here Ruit Bhargava. And I'm so thrilled about being this opportunity of speaking with you about your last book. That is really rocking in Amazon. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Nice to uh, be talking to you.
1: Yeah. And I would like to, because really my goal here is making people curious enough to go and grab your book. Because I think it's full of wonderful ideas and very actionable tips of things that we can do to develop this way of how to think different and see the no obvious, that is the name of the book. And one of the things that uh, when I was reading the book, I found really interesting is that you said that it's misleading to think that industries experts are the best ones to predict trends. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, one of my uh, points of view that I talk a lot about in the book is that it's very easy for any of us to have a vision within our own industry or the things that we know best and only focus on that or reduce our expertise to only that. And one of the things that I do pretty much throughout the year, and one of the things I hope to teach people to do from the book is not be observationally lazy um, and instead kind of pick our heads up and look at examples and stories and things outside of our industry and outside of our way of thinking, because that helps us to kind of look at the world in a broader way and actually comes to giving us a better sense of what the trends are that will affect our business, because we're not only looking in one place, we're looking much more broadly
1: so you are advising even the industry experts or where you specialize in any area that you specialize on we really have to make that effort of going out of our comfort zone and uh, like looking for other things that are not our expertise to see if there is anything to connect the dots
0: yeah, you know, I think it's the, the thing that we forget to do because we're all uh, running our, our lives and running our businesses and uh, and we're focused on that. And being focused is generally a great thing. But what it also means is that we are sometimes missing the forest because we're paying too much attention to, like, which branch of the tree we need to be focused on right mm-hmm. now. Um, and so part of what I... Uh, try and share is, you know, there are moments in our lives where we have the ability to pay attention to things that are happening around us and we just tend not to. So, you know, waiting in line is a perfect example, right? Like I heard a speaker talking about how uh, gum sales at the checkout have gone down because everybody, when they stand in line, they don't, buy the gum and the candy, they instead are sitting there on their phone. Looking
1: um, down. Yes. Yes. Because now they have something to entertain themselves while they are waiting. Yeah.
0: Exactly. You know, and, and what it trains us to do is, you know, in any free moment when we have uh, time, we either are sending a text message or chance checking yeah. our email or playing one of these addictive mobile phone games. Mm-hmm. And so we stop paying attention to the world around, around us, us. Because we take advantage of all of those moments when we could be looking up and we look down instead.
1: And is I love metaphors, and you use metaphors in a wonderful way. And when you are speaking, I think the expert is like we are in a branch in the tree. Sometimes we forget that we even are in a tree, and so often we forget to look to the forest. And the trends are on the forest.
0: Yeah, and and you know I think that just like understanding sometimes and new ideas comes from that because you know you look at the history of invention, right? And I'm a big student of of history and the stories that we know really well but don't necessarily think that they apply to our business. I mean, many of us know the story of how the post-it note was first created and how the scientists behind that were actually trying to create a super strong glue. And they actually created the exact opposite, a glue that couldn't stick at all. And they ended up putting that on the post-it note. And now you can peel it off and put it back. And uh, it's super easy to stick, but super easy to peel off as well. Mm-hmm, so practical. And you know, I think if they were mm-hmm. super focused on just, you know, our only goal is to create a strong glue and we're going to throw away anything that doesn't do that, uh, they would have missed what turned out to be an amazing invention for yeah. a totally different purpose.
1: And, and that, I think you illustrate that very well in your book, I think with the story of the first people arriving here to the Americas, uh, that the first one you was focused, totally focused, in arrived, I think, was Iceland.
0: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: He, So can you tell us that story? Because I think it illustrates this point very well.
0: Yeah, it's basically, I mean, you know, um, in history, the Viking explorers, and and Leif Erikson in particular, is the one that gets the credit uh, as the person who was a non-Indigenous person, right? So not the Native Americans who were obviously already here, (laughs) um, but the person who was non-Indigenous who discovered, quote unquote, America. He was the first one to come here. But actually, there was another gentleman, another Viking explorer who first uncovered America, but he was looking for Iceland Mm -hmm. and realized that America wasn't Iceland. And so instead of landing and exploring America, he turned his ship around and he went back to try and find Iceland. And when he finally got back, uh, Leif Erikson was the one who spoke to him, heard about America, purchased his ship and part of his crew, and then went and (laughs) found uh, America. And now he's remembered by history and the other guy isn't. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, it was just an example I used of how, you know, being curious, I mean, yes, it leads to a lot of short-term benefits, but it may also be the key to being remembered by history (laughs) that's important for any of us rather than being forgotten.
1: And I think it's the the capacity that very successful people have of be able to hold the contradictions. This is something that Michael Port, that I work with, and I know that you know, he always tell us that we we see a good leader is somebody that is able to. Uh, be comfortable with contradictions. And I think there is a contradiction that we need to be focused to make things happen. But at the same time, we need to be open to new opportunities and know when is the time to change course.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I I talk about five habits in particular that I think that people need to embrace in order to become idea collectors, which is part of what I share in the book. And one of those habits is being fickle. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, being fickle is not generally seen as a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're fickle, you're not very loyal. Uh, you don't follow through on things. Uh, you kind of change the way that you believe in many different ways. But there's an upside to being fickle, I think. And the upside is that you don't dwell on something for too long. Mm-hmm. You're able to capture an idea, save it, come back to it later, and you're uh, able to move on yeah. to the next thing. And that's now, same- Which I think is the flip side of focus, right? Yep.
1: And at the same time, the other habit, because you speak about the five habits for the trade curator, for somebody to have this capacity to foresee the trends, is being thoughtful. That implies focus.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it implies patience also, um, because it takes time to develop a thoughtful point of view. And I think when we think about social media and real time, uh, conversation and this pressure that, you know, as soon as somebody puts something on Twitter, you have to respond yes. within a minute. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's gone, okay. right? Yeah. And it's very difficult to be thoughtful when you have 60 seconds to respond. Yes,
1: there is no time to let the thing soak. It's like the tea brew. There is Everything is too much in a rush. And that is another thing that I really love about your book that calls attention, that we are in this world that is so fast, fast, so much information, so much things going on. And how is even more important today probably than it was a century ago to have these curators like the museum curators and now the information curators like yourself that just allow to, okay, let's see what is the meaning. Let's see what I can transform all this noise into meaning. So can you speak a little bit about this? Because I think it's a very interesting concept.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's essentially taken from an idea that many of us would be familiar with, which is curators in museums who not only create meaning by adding themes to multiple pieces of artwork or whatever is being displayed, but they also decide what not to include and what to omit. Um, And I think that that's one of the necessary things that we need to start becoming better at when it comes to ideas, which is which ideas packaged together have meaning. Which one should we leave out? And how do we take this skill? Because it is a skill that can be built of curating and learning how to curate and selecting the best, you know, almost like a sommelier decides what the best lines are, you know, building our own ability to become curators of the ideas that we encounter on the daily basis. Yeah. And if we built that skill set for ourselves, then we'd have more powerful execution of what these ideas actually mean, because we'd be able to curate them into something more meaningful.
1: So are you saying that this can be a great antidote for everyday people to, uh, in relation to the next shining objects that they are going after?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely it could be uh, an antidote for that. But I think it also uh, adds a lot of value for the world. I mean, not to put too much of a beautiful kind of Uh, packaging around this idea, but the fact is we are all suffering from information overload and we all have expertise in something. Everyone's an expert at something. And if you can take your expertise and the things that you're passionate about and help others to uncover the best of what's already out there, You know, you could easily argue that that may be way more valuable than just creating more content to add to the noise. And
1: I think that is a great point, because I think we are a lot of pressure for you have to create original content. You have to create original content. And there is value on that, without any doubt. But sometimes it's the reorganization of what is already there. It's like an artist, uh, an artist doesn't have necessary to invent a new material. They have to play with what they have to make something that is meaningful.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, if you look at music and the evolution of music and now kind of DJ culture, uh, it's a perfect example of that, right? Because there are some highly sought after DJs that are playing in huge clubs in Europe or in the U.S. and, you know, there's 100,000 people in a stadium and they're not making any new music. They're just taking existing music remixing it together and kind of creating a new art form. Mm-hmm. But it's based on curation, because yeah. they're not originally creating their own music, like a musician traditionally would. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, going back to the book, because I know that you speak of loads of the trends that you foresee for this year, 2015. Uh, I'm not familiar, I have to be honest, with your other report, so I don't know if you already spoke about this in a previous report. Did you ever saw podcasting as a trend when you do these reports?
0: Uh, so usually what I what I do with the reports, and that's actually a perfect example of that, that question. I love the way you phrased that. Um, because the way that I've thought about trends in the past has very rarely been about um, one element. Mm. So, for example, you know, one of my previous trends was uh, about the idea of what I called precious print. And it was from a previous report, and it was this idea that if we print something, even though we're in a digital culture and we consume everything digitally, Mm -hmm. when we print something, it's actually precious to us. Yes. And so there are many startups that allow you to print your photos and get them sent to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes what people will say, is, "Oh, well, this startup is doing really well, so that that startup is the trend. Mm -hmm. But actually, the way to think about a trend is that it's never a platform. It's Mm -hmm. always... Something bigger that relates to either a way that people are behaving, a way that they're being influenced to buy or sell, so, or a way that they're believing. So, and so the way I describe a trend, the way that I um, kind of define what a trend is, is I say that a trend is a observation about the accelerating present. Mm. So it's not one thing; it's never one thing. It's always multiple things that all build up to what the trend
1: is yeah and so for instance in the case of podcasting we could think about okay the trend or possibilities for it will be this is another representation or another example of people producing their own media like like YouTube Uh, people are uh, the we don't have to have a, a big television station for producing now video we can anybody can go in YouTube and be their own producers of visual things in YouTube and in the, the audio realm with the podcasting, of course, our podcasting also can have video, but the most popular podcasts are audio. We don't need to be in a radio station anymore to produce a good audio content. So that is that a, is that line of thinking?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, just to give you an example, right? So from last year, one of my trends was what I called instant entrepreneurship,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was kind of the idea that now with uh, you know legal Zoom being able to do all the paperwork yeah. for you, or like these websites where you can create a, uh, uh, you can basically create your own website and your own logo and your own identity almost overnight. Um, we're allowing people to become their own media empires. And yeah. you're seeing that on YouTube. And so, like, something like that, I might say, oh, well, podcasting is a perfect example, example. of that, right? Because mm-hmm. there's people who've found a the skill, they've found a the passion, they've t- translated that into a podcast, that they're adding value into the world. They're sometimes monetizing that, and it becomes a core element of their own business. Yeah. So the trend in that case isn't necessarily podcasting. Yeah. That's just an element of the fact that we can now become instant entrepreneurs.
1: Love it. Or uh, because another way that we can see podcasting as an example of something is that, uh, like put Netflix in the picture. Uh, why is Netflix so popular or the uh, TV kind of things? We like to be able to control when we see what. In the podcasting, we like to be able to control when we listen to what without too many commercials. So, yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, exactly right.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonder, I like it. It's like it's connecting the dots. And how? Because one thing is like knowing wh- where a trend is coming. That is very important and can be very valuable. But how do you foresee that a trend will be? Become a classic will become the status quo because some some not all the trends have the same enduring power as other ones. So, can you speak a little bit if you thought about that
0: or what are your
1: ideas about that? Yeah,
0: actually, yeah. In fact, I'm glad you asked that because you know one of the things that see and I do my trend report where I identify 15 trends that will be changing business every year. So my horizon is one year. Um, and so the natural question is, okay, well, if you've been doing this for uh, five years and you're such a smart guy, then, <laughs> you know, what, how are the trends doing from your previous report? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things I did in this new book, in Non-Obvious, is I published all of my previous trend predictions from every year, and I rated them based on a scale from A, B, C, um, D, or F, uh, and I rated them based on how much they actually turned out to be reality over just the time frame since those reports. Mm. Um, And so part of what I'm trying to do is demonstrate a little bit of, you know, what one of my trends from 2015 was, which is unperfection, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that I'm okay with being human and showing where I might have gotten things wrong. But the other thing is just to show how lasting some of these trends actually are, even though I specifically do it on an annual basis some of these trends have gotten way stronger yeah. over time, mm-hmm. um, over just that span of time. And so, you know, I do think, I mean, just for example, like one of my trends from my first report, which I called economics the idea of people doing business with others that they, they like, like. Um, turned into a book that I published the following year, and the book is still doing really well, and it's been, you know, three years after that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that is a classic, because it's something that... Uh, uh, is pointing to something that uh, is really in the core of service businesses and uh, most business that will endure. Is th- there is The likability factor is very, very important. And I totally agree with that.
0: Well, yeah, and that's one of those kind of more timeless ideas, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. I really want to respect your time here. I, it's so nice to have this opportunity of speaking with you. And I really wish you all all the best with this book that now is in uh, Amazon people uh, for a while already in Kindle and now in the copy you also we can b- b- buy the the traditional book and I <laughs> I must be a dream for the publishers because I usually if there is an audible version I buy that I love to listen to things so that is uh, the way that usually I consume first an, a book and then if I really yeah. like the book I want to get it somehow Kindle is a a great way when I'm traveling, but I love the thing of having that hard copy where I can write notes <laughs> and have that kind yeah, of I do too. I love <laughs> uh, having
0: a hard copy uh, as well. It's important to me, and you know, and you know, we tend to think that's a generational thing, but you know, my um, my seven-year-old who could get some of his kids' books in digital format, he still prefers yeah. to physically hold the book as well. So I think there's something human about that. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it involves more senses. I yeah. think there is something there that is a more full experience. So wonderful. A pleasure. And um, hopefully, maybe we can do another call next year to speak about your uh, trends for 2000, for next
0: year. Yeah, I love that. And in case uh, anybody, you know, listening wants to get uh, the all of the trends, uh, yeah. there's a full kind of 82-page excerpt that has all of the trends and everything completely for free on the website for the book. Um, so it's just nonobviousbook.com. I'm sure you'll link to it so the show people can get that totally for free. They can in that case they're curious about, okay, what are these 15 trends?
1: Mm-hmm. And what is the best website or what is the best medium for people to follow you?
0: Uh, so I tend to post on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. and it's just my uh, full name, so Rohit Spardava. Um But I also have a you know, Facebook page and LinkedIn and any one of those, and I have a blog on my own personal oh. website called the Influential Marketing Blog. So
1: any one of those is good. I will post all of those links in the show notes of this episode. Again, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: And like I said during the interview, you can find all the links that allow you to know more about the book and the author uh, in the show notes of this episode. That is mindset.zone forward slash 31 so instead of dot com is dot zone mindset dot zone forward slash 31 you will have all the links there and like always I would love to hear your comments about this uh, and learn from your own experience of connecting the dots and if you are in the USA you can enter to win a copy of Ruit Bargava's latest book just text mindset zone 31 two three three four 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 is that easy the number is three three four 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 and you have to text the word all together mindset zone 31 it's just a way of saying thank you for you to be here and since this podcast was about a book or a conversation around a book. Remember that because you are a listener of the Mindset Zone, you can get a free audiobook download uh, just going to mindset.zone for slash audiobooks. So, pl- plural audiobooks, you will be redirected to audible.com where you can get a free audiobook download and three day, uh, 30 days free trial. And, and one of the books, this, the Ruit Likonomics is one of the books that is already in audible.com that I really recommend that you download for free. Grateful that you cross over into the mindset zone. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. As always, I'm so grateful that you have crossed over into the Mindset Zone. Spend what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.